The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Saw 
very broad picture of the devil. It's hard for us. Surprising that she was dying and she was trying to be together. Now, when Mary comes the way she was described and started, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, they were deeply moved in his spirit and greatly touched. And he said, Where have you been? They said to him, Lord, come and see. So the Jews said, Did he have a But some of them said, Did not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also take the sin from them? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the king. He was a child in a stolen royal Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an elder. But he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you said anything, you would be able to do it? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always do. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe in you that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were on his demon's feet, and his face dashed with the cross. Jesus said to them, I'm going to chapter 10, verse 40, says that after doing this miracle, Jesus retired to the place where John had been baptized in his prayer. Chapter 1, verse 28, identifies this place as Bethany beyond the Jordan, a different Bethany to where the sisters, Martha Mary, and their brother Lazarus had gone. Now, it's not crystal clear where this Bethany across the Jordan was, most likely was a place located about 150 kilometers northeast of Jerusalem. More on the way towards Galilee. And that would have been about a four-day journey from the festivals of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So it's not clear where exactly this place was. What is kept clear, however, in John's mind, he is signaling some very important things. Here, Jesus is retiring back to the place where John the Baptist had proclaimed him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The same place where John had also proclaimed Jesus to be the Son of God. The Apostle John here is now signaling to his audience 
that the public ministry of Jesus is coming to an end. Here you see at the end of chapter 10. But he is also bringing to his audience mind those titles again. The Lamb of God. The Son of God. He's taken from the back places in the mind right to the forefront. And what follows on is what speaks to that. Now we're not actually, I'm not actually going to go through the physical raising of Lazarus. That is his action to plays out what Jesus says before him. So we're going to look, we're going to focus our time in verses 1 to 13. And a couple of things we're going to take out from this. Number one, we're going to look at the power of Jesus. We're also going to look at the definition of love. And we'll start with the power of Jesus. This is something that is undisputed in this passage. We see it repeated by Martha, Mary, and then also the Jews who have been there with us. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing with Mary. She comes to Jesus, she falls at his feet and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And the Jews said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? People don't doubt Jesus' power to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind, to make the lame walk, to turn water into wine, to feed a multitude. People don't doubt When we hear these comments from the sisters, we, we might actually think that they're asking why Jesus has not been there. But I think that question is more a question that we have today, rather than what they are asking today. See, their statements are statements of faith in Jesus. They have not wavered from their belief that Jesus is the Son of God. They know Jesus' power. They know his identity is the one that is sent by God. Look at the interaction between Jesus and Martha in Genesis 27. Martha says to Jesus, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus says, You have not lost your power, you have not lost your position. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And later on, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to this world. You might remember last week we talked about the marks of discipleship. They see Jesus clearly, they know his identity. This is what Martha is exhibiting here. 
He's saying, yes, Jesus, I still believe that you are God's man. Jesus is saying something different to us. He says, I'm not, not just God's man. I am God's Let's look again at this interaction between Jesus and Martha, but this time from Jesus' point of view. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. The same, Martha, the same power that created the universe. The same power that will raise the dead to life on the last day is standing in front of you now. What would you do to do that? What would you do with that thing against me? Now, I get pretty excited when I get a run of green lights along Golden Cross Road in the morning. I've got to tell someone about it. I'm going to get sick of hearing it. I've got all greens today, darling. I'm going to get sick of it. No wonder Mary, when she, she is told by Jesus, I am the resurrection of the life. Now the God is standing here in front of you. No wonder she goes to get sick And whether the, the sisters can grasp it or not, Jesus' power is undisputed. But at the moment, that's the only thing that is undisputed. Because Jesus' life, on the other hand, is trusted. Because there are contrasting definitions of what love is in this passage. We've got love as Jesus says it, as he defines it in verse 26. Then we have love as many times as the time. We see that from what the Jews say in verses 36 and 37. When Jesus comes and weeps at the tomb of Lazarus, the Jews said, the statement says, Jesus is how he loves you. The statement of Jesus' love. Some of this speech that could not see the opening eyes of the blindness also kept this one from God. So there's a bit of an edge back to that. It's different from the sisters. They've ever had statements of faith in Jesus, continued faith in Jesus as God's man. Here the Jews give us an image to the question. They suggest that maybe they see love differently. It poses a question for us, the readers of John's Gospel. If Jesus can heal, but chooses not to, does that mean he is unloving? If Jesus can heal, but chooses not to, does that mean This is a potent question for us. It really gets its potency in light of John 4. 
that Jesus healed Lucifer's son. You might remember there, the official comes to Jesus because his son is at the point of death and says to Jesus, Come, heal my boy. And what does Jesus say? What does he do? He says to me, Go, you're coming. See, Jesus doesn't have to be present with the sick person to heal them. He doesn't have to touch their body in any way. He can heal them remotely, in my sight. So what does that mean for healing? Does it mean that Jesus' power to heal it is something akin to a Wi-Fi signal? You know, the greater the distance, the weaker the signal gets. No, not at all. Maybe this is a question that you are relating to right now. Maybe now you're having this question. Maybe before you've had this question, you were sick. But Jesus did not heal you. You were battling depression. Maybe you're in harm's way and Jesus did not rescue you. Maybe the rest is true. And Jesus seems to say, Do I see? a relevant question for us. Jesus has the power to heal and Jesus not to Does that mean he doesn't have We'll be there before. We'll all be there at some stage. So the reason why this is such an issue for us is because we we believe in a corrupted view of life. We accepted a corrupted definition of life. We see love is working for for us to secure our success and our safety. We define love through selfish eyes, through a surface view of life. And then we go and define success and safety as health, wealth, and reputation. And if this is how we see love, we then apply this definition to Jesus and demand that he use his power for our success as we see. We play an if-then game with the Lord. If you love me, God, then you will fix my broken heart. If you love me, God, then you won't let me suffer in this place. This expectation of Jesus' love can lead us to conclude that if Jesus can heal the things he's not to, then he is not loving. And whilst we might believe in his power to heal, his power to save, we'll go about other ways to find 
ruled out everything for energy. Now you will fall into some sort of legalism where we'll say, well, I've got a, I've got a plan for a certain My faith must be a certain amount. I might go to church every time. By this one, I'm in danger. The real question, friends, and the Bible actually gives us the space to wrestle with it. This passage in John gives us the space to wrestle with it. In verses 36 and 37 are parallel with verses 5 and 6. Again, we see this statement of Jesus' love. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then his love is not disputed, it's forgiven. So now we need to wrestle with how Jesus' actions fit in with his love. Well, the Father, in fact, his love is the basis, it's a motivating factor behind his actions. If it forces us to consider the if-then scenario on the basis of God's love. And it poses the question this way. If Jesus could go to heal, what then? Does it stand for Then after he said this to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, but I was going to the Jews. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. In his actions, we see that Jesus speaks to a different God. He's committed to God's plan for things, to God's purpose. He doesn't need the disciples to remind him of the danger that lies in wait for him around Jerusalem. They didn't pick up stones to chew him away. They picked up stones to kill him. There's only three purposes behind Jesus' delay that I think we should look at. What does his delay mean? Well, first it means that Jesus will not arrive before Lazarus has been dead for that. 
Lazarus being dead four days before Jesus arrived means that Jesus will be joining the sisters at the deepest point of their grief. And in his love, he will then be present with them as they grieve. He will comfort them in their grief. And he will join them in grieving. For those who speak, he speaks to them. The detail that Lazarus has been there for four days is also really significant culturally. The belief back then was that when someone died, the spirit of that person would hover around the body for three days, become the fourth day. As the body decays, the spirit leaves. So by turning up on the fourth day, we can be sure that in the minds of people there, Lazarus was truly dead. It's not as though he was just asleep. It's not as though the, body, the spirit found a way back into the body, to the body on its own. Lazarus was dead. And Jesus brings him back to The second thing that this was the way it was. Means raising Lazarus from the dead and glorifying God. When Jesus heard he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is to the glory of God. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And Jesus said, Mark later on, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? God's glory in the context of John's gospel is his self-disclosure. It means the Father and Son being revealed for who they truly are. It means seeing Jesus as the source of life, the compassionate creator, the one who is full of grace and truth. And thirdly, when Jesus is revealed for who he is, people will believe in him and he will say, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So Jesus is on about securing our success and our safety. But what does Jesus mean by this statement tonight? He is the resurrection of the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Anyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. What does he mean? Jesus is like the sun and the moon. Those who believe are like the sun. And as Jesus dies, the Lord just rises again. 
As he goes, he passes through the prayers of God and comes out the other side. And all who believe in him join him in that. They too pass through the crowd of death and come out the other side to life with Jesus. John 11 might show us that Jesus is the resurrection and life by his raising of Lazarus. It's not just about that. We've got to go there. See, John 11 foreshadows Jesus' death. The time when Jesus himself will secure our eternal success and safety. He'll do it through his sacrificial death in our time. It's the time when Jesus' power will be absolutely undisputed. The time when Jesus' love will be ultimately unquestioned. The time when Jesus will be given the ultimate reward. In time when Jesus will most clearly reveal the history of the world. Faith in Jesus is a matter of life and death. Do you believe in Jesus? Is he the one you have put your faith in? Not just what he does. Not just his miracles. See, the signs of the Son point that he is indeed the Son of God. That he is the great I Am. That he is the Lamb of God. That he is God becoming man. And the signs of the Son lead us, they draw us, they compel us to put our faith in Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life with Him. Is that you? Have you believed? Do you trust that Jesus loves you? Are you willing to see His work in your life from that basis? Are you willing to trust in His power? Are you willing to trust in his purposes as they are displayed in your life? Friends, whether Jesus seems to delay or whether he acts straight away, you can be sure that whatever he chooses to do, whenever he chooses to do it, if you believe you will see the peace of You will see the peace of the Lord. Amen. Let me pray with you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you have not left us without revelation of who you are. That you have given us your spirit, you have given us your word. And you have opened our eyes. 
who has proclaimed freely who you are, how you love, and how you desire for us to know you, to believe you, to join with you, to pass three deaths into your family. Father, I pray that as we have gone through this, this first part of joining over these last few weeks, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be gathering all these things together. That you'll be bringing them to a, a sufficient and you'll be joining it to you. Lord, I pray that you'll be showing us that you are the great I am, that you are the Lamb of God, the Son of God coming to this world to take away our sins and give us sins. Lord, would you do that work in our sins? Would you continue to do that work as we go? I pray in Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.